Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. This is how we do it. A scary situation awaits Cleveland on Friday. Alley up, Capella with the left hand. Mobley a spin. Oh, quick bounce by Mobley. It's going to be a tough game. It's when I go home, so for both teams. We got to take it one game at a time and take care of business in Cleveland. This is how we do it. One game to win, to get into the playoffs, and like I said, we'll be ready to go on Friday. This Clipper team reached the Western Conference Finals a season ago. And the C.J. McCollum show has begun in earnest. You know, the city is starting to be excited about basketball, as they should. There's a lot of talent here. We're hungry. We're playing the game the right way. And there's going to be a lot of winning in our future. It is Friday night. Well, it's Friday afternoon, but I feel all right. Two playoff spots, they are on the line. The Hawks versus the Cavs, the Pelicans versus the Clippers. But about two hours and 45 minutes before our show, Woj dropped some big news. And here's the reporting from Woj and Tim Bontemps. Clippers star Paul George will miss tonight's play-in game against New Orleans after entering COVID protocol. So not lucky for Paul George, but lucky for us, senior writer Adrian Wojnarowski is here on set, our senior insider, along with Vince Carter, Chenea Gumake, Kendrick Perkins. I'm Malika Andrews, and this is NBA Today. So, Woj, since you're here, what more can you tell us about Paul George in this situation? Yeah, Paul George out tonight, obviously, against uh, New Orleans. He started to feel symptoms yesterday, mm. and when he came in today, he tested, tested positive for COVID. And that's kind of where we are in the testing process now. They're not testing randomly in the league, but if you have symptoms, you'll get tested. And right now I'm told there are no other players on the Clippers who are experiencing any symptoms, so they don't have to test today. And the expectation is the rest of this Clipper team will be available now against New Orleans tonight. And this is a Clipper team, listen, for Ty Lue, they have an identity of playing without yes. Paul George. They played a lot of games. They've won games without Paul George. They're going to have to win at least one more tonight to get into the postseason. Absolutely. And Paul George, we know he came back on March 29th. He returned to the lineup. L.A. finished the regular season 6-1 and one and had the best offense in the NBA. So make no mistake, this is a huge loss for the Clippers, even if they do know how to win without him. So, Perk, where's L.A. going to feel this absence the most? Well, I think, you know, you can't replace a guy like Paul George, no. obviously, but you could get it done collectively. And like Woe said, they're used to playing without him. They have identity, and they have one of the best coaches. <laughs> Coaches in basketball in Ty Lue. He's going to make adjustments. So I'm looking at Reggie Hot Sauce Jackson, guess that's his <laughs> that's name right. for the locker room, to up his game. I'm looking at Marcus Morris to up his game. Norman Powell, we know he's capable yeah. of going for 20 to 25 in the night. Big, big uh, Zubak down there, anchor in the middle, doing his thing. And, and let me remind you, Trey Mann 
has shown us that he's not afraid of the moment. We yeah. watched him last year in the postseason. He elevated his game. So I'm saying this 50-50. Look, I got the Pelicans uh, people all in my mentions. I didn't <laughs> They've been all year and all long. That. And, and I'm perfectly okay with it because you know what? I ain't going nowhere. Okay, so is, is he like a tapatio type of hot sauce or what are we talking here? I, I mean, I don't get into all of the logistics. Okay. I just know they call them <laughs> Reggie hot sauce. The hottest of sauces. So you said that you're not even going to touch this one with the Pelicans because we know what your mentions have been looking like. Okay. Vince, are you taking the Pelicans without Paul George? Oh, I'm taking the Clippers. Okay. I'm not backing down. I'm okay, taking the Clippers. Okay, excuse yeah, I'm with, me. I'm with the Clippers, and the reason I'm with the Clippers is because of that guy, Ty Lue. Yeah, you know I mean, Ty Lue has proven that he can find ways with what he has, and, and that's the thing. You just can't count them out. Yes, Paul George, who's been playing great basketball, is not there, but they can find a way, and they've been playing pretty good basketball without him. You know, it's interesting because I always love going for veterans, right? And you think about the Clippers, they're consummate professionals. I have a feeling that there's a new energy with the Pelicans. I love what CJ McCollum has really brought. He's breath, is it breathe? He's breathed fresh life into the, it's been a couple years since Stanford, y'all. But it's been fresh air into the franchise through his leadership. He's not only, you know, the president of the Players Association, but it just seems like he's a guy that everyone wants to play with. And one thing I love about CJ is he knows how to share the spotlight. Mm. He learned that with Dame. So you get buckets with CJ. B.I. looks confident. They seem happy. I think this is going to be a really competitive matchup. But I will say this, the Clippers, they're never down and out of a game. They have three 25-point comebacks so far this season. So even if the Pels get a lead, the Clippers might just feel just comfortable in that Not situation. Safe. Five 20-point comebacks that they've had so far this season. I think that's the most in the NBA. It is. So nobody is safe when they're playing the Clippers. But I do think that this matchup is exactly what both organizations, even without Paul George, want. Their franchise is trending in the right direction. With, with all that being said, this but, is not Stanford. Who are you picking? Wow. I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to be the other. I'm picking the Pelicans. Okay. I'm well, going to pick the Pelicans. When the Pelicans were playing the Lakers late in the regular season, I watched C.J. McCollum walk out of the tunnel, and he was so fired up. I mean, to get a win in L.A., the expletives were flying. It was a, a group effort. Brandon Ingram has been playing fantastic basketball. So, but this is where Ty Lue thrives, right? This is the space that he thrives in. There's another game going down tonight, too. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Mm. The Hawks, they take on the Cavs at 730 Eastern right here on ESPN. And the biggest question heading into that game is the status of Cleveland's all-star center, Jared Allen. So, Woj, what is the plan for Allen tonight? The, the plan is that Jared Allen's going to warm up before the game, go through his pregame uh, preparations, go through layup line, get on the floor, with the intention that he will play, but it's ultimately going to still be a game time decision. He's had that, he's been out with that fractured finger since yep. early March, and it is still very painful, I'm told. There was still some swelling earlier this week in it, and so he wants to play, but he's got to be able to catch the ball. He's got to be able to grip the ball. Uh, I think, you know, barring something in warmups um, that, that changes, he's going to try to play tonight, and obviously for Cleveland, uh, you know, he and Evan Mobley together, you know, this was a team, one of the best defensive teams Ooh. in the league. And I think if Jared Allen stays healthy, if this was a Cleveland team that was not beset by injuries, this was a 50-win-plus regular season team. You mentioned it. I mean, they were rolling to start the season. But after Allen was injured, you said early March, March 6th, the Cavs, they went 7-11 and down the stretch. So I think that this begs for a cheat sheet, Miss Chine. What Let's do you got? Let's get it. Biggest get it. screen in the house. Hey, guys, uh, do you want to join me? Do you want to have some fun with me? You want to improvise a me? little bit? No. Come on. I got the well. fellas in the building. <laughs> And y'all know it's winner go home time to make the playoffs, right, Malika? And the availability of players can really determine a team's playoff.
about fate, especially today after Woj disrupted all of our mornings. Now, in the Hawks-Cavs matchup, this game may come down to whether Jared Allen plays or not. And here's why, fellas. Here are the numbers, right? Before Allen's injury, the Cavs were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, fourth best to be exact. Now, after the injury, they have dropped quick to 22nd ranked defense out of 30 teams, which is not good at all and not their identity. And here's why having him on the court is absolutely crucial to the Cavs. So, y'all want to say it with me? Roll me my tape, producer. Wait, cool, baby. Wait, cool, baby. <laughs> Roll the tape. Okay, look, look, look at the defense here. Watch his eyes on the ball. What do you guys see here? I mean, he's able to guard two players with one possession. Look at the ping pong. Look at the move. And y'all are disappearing from me, but it's all good. Still able to go two for one. This man is 6'10 with a 7'5 wingspan. And that is the best case scenario for a coach. Have a player that can hold, you know, fill in the holes. Now, I want to throw in some offense here. Thank you, Kwaku. Because watch his eyes again. He sees that the paint is open. This is a pick and roll with Garland, the old star. And instead, he wants to get to that open spot, so he slips really quickly with his vision, and he's a tremendous lob threat. Now, this is a very stark contrast in defense. Before you can play two-on-one, on this side, you got a poster, and look at the extension. 11.9 feet, that is beautiful. And, oh, I'm sorry, y'all are really petty today. Y'all are really petty today, showing how the Cavs love their identity being defense. Being a lob threat is going to be pushing through a little adversity, especially for Allen, because he's still probably going to be experiencing soreness through his hand and his presence on the other end, you know, offensively is also invaluable. But catching that ball might be a question, but he's probably going to push through that. They're going up against, honestly, this is very important, the Cavs, a man who led the entire NBA in total points and assists this season, a man by the name of Trey Young. Burr. Mm. So Jared Allen gives the Cavs their best shot at slowing down one of the hottest teams entering the play in the Atlanta Hawks. His availability is very important. And Malika, I know that uh, Cavs fans are hoping that Jared Allen is all in. Oh, tonight. I see. I see what you did there. But who you got in this match? Oh, uh, who do I have in this one? I still got the Hawks. All right, you still got the Hawks. Whoa. Well, we're gonna make more picks. You just heard him boo. You just heard him boo. We're bringing in <laughs> Zach Lowe. If you're booing and you don't like that, then who's your pick, Zach? Well, for, I'm booing the pun. I'm oh, not okay. booing the pick. Oh, the okay. pick is fine. I'm booing the pun. <laughs> That's all. I'm going. I'm going Hawks. I just think we saw what they did in the playoffs last year. They're experienced. They're ready. They're incredibly explosive. They had the number two offense in the league this year behind Utah. They can hang 130 on any game. Cleveland, it's just, it's a lot of ifs. Even with Jared Allen coming back, Woj said, we'll see in warmups. What is he going to be able to bring? Can he grip the ball? They're kind of thin. Injuries have just killed them. They're limping to the finish line. So I'm going to go Trey Young and the Hawks. Whether Allen is Allen or all in, go steal the win in Cleveland and oh. uh, get the eighth seed. Oh, I got a little Cleveland, I'm going with the Cavs. Look, if we look at the history of the play-in tournament this season, all of the home teams have won the game. You know why? Because role players play better at home, and it's just like the postseason. Look, when you look at the Cavs, right, and you look at Darius Garland, the best thing that happened for him and the Cavs is that they lost to the Brooklyn Nets because now they know how to bring that intensity, the level that they need to play at. Because, look, the Brooklyn Nets came out with a 40-point quarter, so they threw a jab, a left hook, then hit him with a right, a straight right down the middle, and they took it, they got back up, and next thing you know, in the fourth quarter, they were in the game. So now, being back at home, now these guys could settle in, they could yeah. know what's going on, and role players play better at home. What you got, Vince? 
I, I can't ask you this question. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, we'll see. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's simple. I, I think, for, for one, for Jared Allen coming back, yes, he's going to have to keep Clint Capella off the glass. Trey Young's ability to get in the paint to score for himself and others, if they're making shots, they don't turn the ball over, it's extremely important for them. So playing on the road, not turning the ball over, and seeing shots go in, it's going to be a long night for Cleveland. The Hawks, they face the Cavs at 730 Eastern on ESPN. One more day, and the playoffs are here. So still to come on NBA Today, Steph Curry, he said he's optimistic for game one Saturday against the Nuggets. But just how much can we expect Curry to play? Steve Kerr is going to weigh in. And more injury updates, this time on Luka's strained calf ahead of their first-round matchup against the Jazz this weekend. Woe just standing by. Plus, speaking of the Mavericks and the Jazz, which team is under the most pressure this postseason? Don't miss Perk's pick. Keep it locked. NBA Today is just getting started. Nobody around, baby. Just now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I love to shoot the ball. It's something I've been doing since I was, you know, three years old. Everybody talks about the greatest shooter ever. I'm comfortable saying that now. Push it to a uh, number that nobody can reach. So after missing the postseason for the last two years, Golden State, they're back in the playoffs. But the question is, is Steph going to be in the lineup when they tip off against the Nuggets on Sunday on ABC? Check that on Saturday on ABC. So the atmosphere in the Bay completely changes when Steph is playing. And it starts even before the game actually starts. One of the perks of having box seats or season tickets in Chase Center is that before Steph warms up, security, they go up to those top seats and they escort down fans to the court to watch Steph warm up. It's about 50 people in all and it's grown into that much of a must-see event to the point that actually opposing arenas sometimes they open the doors to the arenas early just so fans can see Steph but is all that going to happen tomorrow he's here is Steve Kerr and Steph himself do you think he will have a minutes restriction yeah I don't know what the number is, but he's he's not playing 30, 35 minutes. All the reasons why you'll have a minutes restriction. Does it still frustrate you? Just a oh, who said that? Your coach. I was playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that number is. I don't. We haven't. I've heard that conversation, but we haven't talked about what it actually looks like. And we got 48 hours, hopefully, to figure it out if I get the green light on Saturday. You know, I still have the same expectation as I did before, and that's to win a championship. Yeah, it's a different time, but nothing's ever the same. So you just got to embrace the opportunity ahead, and it's a great one. Back here with the entire crew, Woj, Vince, Perk, and Shanae. So Woj, both Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, they said they were optimistic yesterday that they were he was going to be able to return tomorrow versus the Nuggets on ABC. But what are you hearing? 
Well, Steve Kerr just told reporters at the Warriors facility that Steph Kerr's probable tomorrow, which mm. means he's going to play. But the question is, how many minutes is that? And in talking to some Warriors people this morning, that's still a conversation they're having about what that's going to look like. I think Steve Kerr just said, listen, it's not going to be 38 minutes, but what is that number tomorrow uh, in a game one for Steph Curry? Well, the first game is tomorrow. And also tomorrow is the Jazz at the Mavs, 1 Eastern on ESPN. About 25 minutes before our show, you tweeted that Doncic will be out game one. So what more can you tell us? Yeah, out game one tomorrow and a lot of concern mm -hmm. about whether he can play on Monday in a game two. You know, this calf strain, I'm told, this is more than just a mild calf strain. If this was the regular season, you would be talking about mm. 10, 12 days for an injury like this. They're trying to obviously condense that timeline here in the playoffs, but I'm told the Mavs know they've got to take the long view with this, and they know this. If you bring a player back from a calf strain too soon, you got some, some high-level players here at the desk who certainly would agree with this. You run the risk of, you know, severely uh, re-injuring yeah. that calf. Or and something so, else. <laughs> or something else. And so I think they're going to be really careful. Listen, I think ideally – they can get a split here against Utah at home, win a game, um, and maybe take the pressure off. Listen, a perfect scenario is a game one win and take the pressure off. They're 8-9 and nine this season without Luka Doncic, but you may be waiting until sometime next week, perhaps even game three, before you're really seriously considering Doncic returning. But they say they're going to take it day by day after game one revisited on Monday that may still be too soon for him calf strains can be so tricky strains as we know can be tricky and yesterday Vince I asked you what advice would you give your former teammate Jason Kidd in handling all of this but as you look at this and as you hear what Woj is reporting how concerning is this for you I mean, it's definitely concerning but you have to be smart because this is your franchise player he brings a lot to the, uh, to, to the table he makes the game easier for his players but what do you do now well you tell your guys play within your role still and you you play through Jalen Brunson Jalen Brunson can handle the offense and it's important for him to do so and then of course when you need some scoring who do you go to Spencer Dinwiddie he has to be special you know you need him to be special in attack mode from start to finish everybody must play within themselves don't do too much you don't want anybody to feel like they need to be Luka Doncic you need to be yourself and good things happening. You know, eight and nine, that's a pretty solid record that can get you one win, like you said. And it's about if it's going to be one, if it's going to be two, or are we looking toward game three? Woj, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. I have my uh, notifications turned on. Done, so, Woj? yeah, if there's, if there's more news, you're going to be coming back. Today. Really appreciate the time today. I do want to bring in the full panel here to talk about pressure, though, because it creates diamonds. It also bursts pipes. So which team is under the most pressure this postseason? Zach Lowe, I want to start with you. We just talked about them, the Utah Jazz. We've been mm -hmm. talking about them all year since before the season. It was clear that they faced maybe the highest stakes of anyone in the league given the kind of uncertain future there after all the playoff difficulties they've had. They finished the season 23-24 and 24 in their last 47 games. They blew a bunch of fourth quarter leads. Then their head coach came out and had a big monologue about how, oh, well, it's not that big a deal that we blew all these fourth quarter leads. And then they blew another fourth quarter lead against Phoenix. So it's been a pretty bad few months for the Jazz. When we talk about must-win games, with Luka Doncic out game one yeah. and what Woj just said about the seriousness of that calf string going forward, this is a must-win series for Utah. 
Dallas is a completely different team, whether Luka Doncic is out or limited. It's a completely different team. If you want to be a serious contender in the Western Conference, a team that had the best record in the league last year, the best offense of the league this year, if you want to go places with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert as your two foundational players, yeah. beat the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic out or compromise, period. It feels like this is a prove-it year for the Utah Jazz, and if they can't prove it, then... I I don't know. I don't know if the moving trucks are going to show up or what. Big Perk, what do you think? You know what? When I think of pressure, I think of expectations. And what are the Utah Jazz expectations realistically in the West is not to come out of it. It's the Phoenix Suns. Mm. And so when I look at the Suns, we're looking at an aging Chris Paul. We're looking at a team that represented the West last year. They had a 2-0 lead and blew four straight and lost. And then bounced back, came back this season and had the best record in the league, obviously looking like the best team in the league. And they should be on the mission. They have home court throughout the playoffs, so they have zero excuses for not being able to close out game sevens if it comes down to it. But I look at this Phoenix Suns team and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is their opportunity right now. So I think if I had to pick a team, they're the team that's under the most pressure in these playoffs. Big Perk, I absolutely agree with you, but I would like to share the floor because when it comes to expectations, it's a lot about players, and there's a lot of pressure on James Harden, and now that has spread through Philly and the 76ers. You have a season where my MVP, after watching all the games, is Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. You're maximizing on his health and his availability. You go and you put out, what do you, you, you guys gamble probably, you put all the chips <laughs> <laughs> you put all the chips hey, in hey, and get up. James Harden. And there hasn't been much evidence outside of maybe a few games here or there where he drops 20 and has a triple-double and they win that you're like, all right, this is a team that they constructed after the deadline to win a championship because that was the goal, that this potentially could be the best duo in basketball, basketball currently. But we have not seen that yet. And then I think when we talk about pressure from team to, like, James, it's like, all right, what's the legacy factor here? Performing in the postseason alongside the best post player that you have ever played with that's happening right now so I think a lot of people are looking at Phoenix for the championship but also the players and the potential dark horse championship pedigree that can happen in Philly as well Ooh, all right that was a whole sermon and Shanae I'm right there with you I think the 76ers right now have the pressure and, and it because of all of the things that went on prior to it mm. you know when are you gonna move Ben Simmons whatever whatever James Harden won now now you made it happen then it was the honeymoon stage, and everybody's like, ooh, <laughs> we, the Phoenix, I mean, the, uh, the Sixers are for real. The honeymoon is over now. Now it's time to ball and show that you put this team together and go get it. They put this team together. They put James Harden in a situation to win, to make it to the championship, or at least the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to have to prove it because Toronto's going to be a tough out. Vince, are you saying it's back to life, back to reality? <laughs> We're not done talking about the Suns here on NBA Today because still ahead are the Suns. Are they in a tier of their own? Vegas sure thinks so. So we're going to dive into who could give the Suns a run for their money. And get your popcorn ready. It is Kevin Durant versus Jason Tatum. Okay, Vince, uh -oh. on why this first they better guard each other. It may be one for the ages. Plus, <laughs> our panel gives their early NBA Finals picks. Who will win Finals MVP? Wait until you hear what our folks have to say. NBA Today rolls on after this.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today. And we are just one day away from the official start of the NBA playoffs. So let's take a look at the favorites to win it all. And we're going to start with the 64-win Suns at plus 260. Next is a team who beat them in the finals last season, the Bucks at plus 475, followed by the Warriors, the Celtics, and the net. So this segment is dedicated to our researcher extraordinaire and Suns superfan Michael Schwartz. Chinay, I know Schwartz helps you out all oh, the time. Yes. And we know that the odds makers, they say that Phoenix is the favorite to win a championship. That's the odds makers. Okay. I am much more interested in what a two-time WNBA All-Star has to say about this. What do you think? Men lie, women never lie, and numbers never lie as well. Boom. Okay, period, Poo. Um, I would just say, you know, the numbers that I love to support the Phoenix Suns right now, they're 47-0 and 0 after leading after three quarters. That's a good postseason stat. 78% win percentage on the road. That's better than all teams home mm. record when it comes to playing on the road. So the Suns, they, they've done their job through the regular season. They've improved. They have star players. They have veterans. They are clutch. Favorites. Period. That's it. Period. That's Period. it. That's it. But, but you know what, what all the stars say. They say right. it doesn't matter unless you can prove it in the postseason. Very true. They haven't done it yet, no. but this might be the year. Well, they start their championship run on Sunday night when they host the winner of Pelicans and Clippers. But the two seed in the West, thank you, Miss Chanae, the Grizzlies, they open up and they host the Timberwolves tomorrow at 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. I couldn't be more excited to see Ant-Man and Ja go head-to-head for hopefully seven games. Perk, I know you feel the same way, but you know who else feels the same way? Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, you do? Mm. Mm. I mean, this is, this is good for the NBA. I think the, the, they're, they're getting to see two of the most exciting players in the league and John Moran and Anthony Edwards play against each other. They're getting to see two teams who uh, could be those next it teams, the next dynasty teams you're seeing and the, the, the dynasty organizations that are on the rise and also at the same time um, slapping the face to all the media who said small market teams couldn't get it done. So we'll go out there and make the ratings and we'll make the show happen. You know what? Listen, I was all in and for the to, for the Patrick Beverly and the Minnesota Timberwolves celebrate, but Carl Anthony Towns need to relax for a moment. First of all, a dynasty I thought is when you win championships, multiple championships, maybe you know three out of four years or something to that nature. First of all, Carl Anthony Towns humble yourselves, right? You're in the first round of the playoffs. You hadn't been there in years, okay? Just embrace that moment and not talk about the the future or what's gonna come because the the, the fact. Fact of the matter is, is even in the play-in tournament, you were nowhere to be found, young fella. Well, and he said that he knows that he has to be better, but I agree. I think in order to be a dynasty, first you have to win one, and then when you can, you can kind of start looking uh, at maybe hello, the next man, one. Pump your brakes a little bit. I kind of like the swag, though, Big Perk. I know you appreciate some swag. Yeah, but not that type. I appreciate uh, you, though. I, I know, though, you don't you don't like to crunch a lot of numbers, but the people who do crunch a lot of numbers, they love your former team, the Celtics. They have a 40% chance to win the title, according to BPI, and a 44% chance, according to 538's ELO forecast. Those odds are about 
twice as high as any other team. So Zach Lowe, you do crunch numbers. Do you agree with the other smart people that say the Celtics should win it all? And I count Perk in that actually. I think those numbers are a little high. I get what they're seeing. I mean, for 40 games, the Celtics were the best team in the NBA, playing like the best teams in the history of the NBA. But for them to be sizable favorites in the odds over the Bucks and the Suns strikes me as a little much, especially with Robert Williams injured for at least a little bit here and staring at the gauntlet of Brooklyn, Milwaukee, just to get to the conference finals. But look, I think the Celtics are right there with those two teams. They proved it over a long period of time. They have the best defense in the league. It hasn't been close for a while. Jason Tatum is on another level. They know their rotation. They know how to play. No one, no one has been able to solve them since they flipped their season. And we'll just see how the Nets tackle it coming up. Well, you mentioned it, though. This is going to be a little bit tough because first, we're going to see the Bucks play the Bulls. The expectation, right, is that the Bucks are going to win that series. The Nets and Celtics, though, their series could drag on for a while, and then they have to face a a well-rested Bucks team. I'm not so sure about that, odds maker. Zach, thank you so much. We, I want a little bit more on the Celtics and the Nets here, though, so let's get it over to Vince Sanity on the court. All right, we're going to talk about KD, Kevin Durant. Some call him easy money sniper and his ability to score at all three oh, yeah. levels. So right now, let's roll the tape. Kevin's ability to score in the post at all three levels, you see here, we know he's good at getting left hesitation, but he sees the rim. So when he attacks the rim, guess what everybody does? They watch him. <laughs> Get now, his ability, to score, right, his ability to score at mid-range. And we've known Kevin Durant typically going left for the pull-up, but he sees a double team. You're what? not tall enough. You're not tall enough. <laughs> oh, Look at that. His ability just to shoot over anyone. God bless America. Buckets. Yeah. And then Kevin's the ability to shoot the three-point shot. He's seven feet, well, mm. 6'11", which he likes to be. I mean, catch and shoot. Enemy easy. territory. Easy. Make sure his foot behind the line. Yeah. It did. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He's making sure this time that foot was behind the line. So now here's a demonstration. We're going to show his ability to score at all three levels. You know, sometimes he gets the post up by getting the switch that he wants to pick and roll, then his mid-range, and of course his pull-up three. So, so where are we starting? We're going to do side pick and roll. You're Kyrie. Oh, you're yeah. guarding me. Okay. So we're going to imaginary. Like old days? Yeah, yeah, like old days. So Kyrie, you know what that means? That means it's barbecue chicken right now. <laughs> what you said. So KD's ability to get to, to set the good screen, create the switch, which he wants, and then he gets that post up, and we know when he's seven feet, okay, cool. He sees what he wants, but he's so good at what he does. Boom, Ooh. to that step yes. back. Oh, 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 oh. And then we got another one when the ball comes back. Now KD's ability to score at mid-range when he sees a matchup that he wants. We always know Kevin, Gar Dur uh, Kev Kevin Garnett. Kevin Durant to get to his left <laughs> to pull up. But now we're seeing KD go to the right. Ooh. Ooh. The Give me that. Give me that. Got it. And of course, right, lastly, come on now. Oh, this is moment. And then in transition, we know when he gets to what he wants to the pull up three. Yeah, that. He's money. Oh. Oh. It's over. <laughs> what, what? Oh. Over. It's Hey man, this is, hey, look. I'm, you said this I'm is the demo. Yeah. But I'll say this. this. Tell practice. me, what you guys, what do you see with KD and his ability? Because this is a big-time matchup, and he's going to see Jalen Brown as well as Tatum and Smart. But what you see with KD? So KD attracts so much attention that usually the baselines are his spots, right? You can see him get here like we saw on the, you know, the VO and shoot right here. 
it's crazy because now defenses, when they set, especially at the top of the key, he's realizing his best option to stay open is with spacing and right here. And that's exactly what you said, getting to this right elbow, shooting, getting to this left elbow, shooting, because once you get into the pick and roll, that's when the defense really hankers down on you. So watch him bring the ball up because that's largely the best point he has for isolation now as he's dealing with adjustments. Well, and we can see all of that in action this three, weekend. Three, I right. cannot wait. The Nets and the Celtics, it is going down at 3.30 Eastern on Sunday, 12.30 Pacific. That is a game I cannot wait for. Coming up on NBA Today, much more on the story of the day. Paul George is unable to play in the final game of the play-in tournament. tournament. The impact of his status when we return. We're getting buckets to break, baby. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We know we still have work to do. Devontae Graham walks it off. We've learned how to be a solid team. Total package. That's just a big time shot by a big time player. Hey, this is the start of something special for sure. You can see the energy, feel the energy. The final games of the play in tournament tonight. Recapping the top story of the day, though, Paul George has entered the league's health and safety protocols and will miss tonight's play in game against the Pelicans. In his absence, it'll be a huge blow to the Clippers' hopes of making the playoffs. Before the news of George missing this game, the Clippers, they were favored by four points. That's according to Caesar Sportsbook. This line is now a pick 'em with George out for this elimination game. The Clippers are plenty used to playing without George's season as he missed 51 games and LA went a respectable 24 and 27 in that stretch. So joined again by senior writer Zach Lowe. So Zach, we know that Paul George is going to be missing this game and Adrian Wojnarowski also reported that Luka Doncic is going to be out for at least game one between the Jazz and the Mavs. How much of a concern is this for you and what is the bigger concern? Well, obviously, they're both big concerns and you just have to hope that Paul George's case doesn't portend anything wider in the NBA because mm. COVID never went away and people are going to get symptoms and all of that. But in terms of which is bigger for playoff implications, I still think it's Luka just because that at least one game kind of scares me. And let's be honest, the Clippers, they're playing one game for the eighth seed. They'd be massive, massive underdogs against the Suns, even with Paul George at full health. The Mavs? The Mavs would have a chance, it would probably be favored. I'd probably pick them to beat Utah in the first round if they had Luka. Sure. And then after that, hey, who knows? You get into the second round, you've done some damage. So I think the Luka one 
is, is kind of a bigger deal just in terms of playoff implications. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said about it's not necessarily just game one or potentially just game two. It's about how long this could extend because as we heard Woj say, if this was the regular season, we wouldn't even be talking about whether or not Luka Doncic could play. He would be resting for a little bit because we know that these strains are tricky. Zach Lowe, thank you so much. I appreciate you, my friend. Still ahead on NBA Today, what every Jazz win is doing to help high school students in Utah achieve their college dreams. More NBA Today is next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. So teams are measured in wins and losses, and each franchise knows how much hard work and sweat goes into that. But what if one team's victory meant more than just another tally in the win column? For some high school students, every Utah Jazz triumph, it can change their futures. Anscape's Mark Spears has more. What if? Every Donovan Mitchell three-pointer. He nailed it! Oh my goodness! Mike Conley assist or Rudy Gobert dunk did more than just notch another Jazz win. What if these plays could help change a life? I'm so happy for you. So very happy for you. I'd like to give you this basketball and acknowledge your new stewardship. After Ryan and Ashley Smith bought the Utah Jazz in late 2020, they looked towards making an impact in the community. Right when we took over, one of the very first things we did, you know, based on the community conversation was like, what is it that we want to stand for? I come from a family of educators and everything is about education and youth. And to me, it was a no brainer. We want to give voices to people who maybe don't get the opportunities that we got. We came back to education a lot. We came up with a scholarship idea. In March 2021, the Utah Jazz Scholars Program was born. Utah has won eight of its last nine. For every Jazz win, preseason, regular, and post, four-year scholarship, including room, board, and books, is awarded to a Utah high school student. The rigorous screening process identifies candidates of need who are underrepresented and plan on attending one of seven Utah universities. Mike Conley from the Utah Jazz. I wanted to congratulate you on being selected for the Utah Jazz Scholarship. You're joking. No, you're joking. <laughs> yeah, no cap. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. Tonight, we welcome the first class of 30 Utah Jazz Scholarship recipients on the court. In two seasons since the program launched, there have been more than 100 scholarships awarded. Anything one of the parents said to you that made an impact? I had one mom come up to me just in tears, just saying, thank you. She said, you're changing the path of all of our future generations, and it's close to my heart. 
to, to think of the future in their hands. So have a seat. On this day, the Jazz brought a select group of scholarship recipients to their practice facility, but each student was told that they were doing one final interview for their submission. Little did they know, they'd get life-changing news. I go by Abdi or Rakib for short, and this is my story. So I come from a refugee family and a, an immigrant background. Life in Ethiopia, uh, where I was living, wasn't always easy, and education wasn't available to us. What's up, man? Yo! <laughs> no! No! What? You good? <laughs> You've been selected for a four-year scholarship. No way, uh, really? Full scholarship, full tuition. <laughs> Bro, just, this means so much to me, man. Shout out to my parents. I made this for you guys. This is for you. My mom. Um, she's been the person who has stuck by me through my whole life. Both of my parents are from Mexico, so I grew up in like two cultures. It has really inspired me to like make a change in my community, which is partly why I want to go into the medical field so I can offer services to those who don't have it or can't afford it. My mom, yeah, she she's done a lot for me. Every day I I try to make her proud, so sorry. <laughs> What's up? How are you? I'm ready. You got selected for a four-year uh, full scholarship. You can keep making your, mo your mom proud. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Sophomore year was really when I realized that I wanted to go into statistics and computer science. I'm here to let you know that you have received the Utah Jazz Scholarship. Are you serious? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. I uh, just want to say congratulations. I'm going to give you a hug. I mean, congratulations, you, your hard work. I was talking to my mom recently about how I was going to figure out paying for college, and she's like, I'll get a second job. Your dad will get a second job. We'll do whatever we have to. Hi, is this mom? Yes, it is. Hi, this is... Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz here with um, your, your daughter Jordan. Uh, yes. I just told her some exciting news, so I'm gonna give her the phone. Okay. Mom, I got the scholarship. Are you, oh, Jordan, are you kidding? Oh my gosh, Sadie, I'm so proud of you. She did it. <laughs> she did it. Hey, mom, she she did it. She put in the work and she did it. I will take a lot of pride in making the Jazz proud that they chose me, and I want to live up to what the scholarship is for. That's so awesome, and what a great piece from Mark Spears. And you can see the Jazz tip off on ESPN and ABC's quadruple header tomorrow versus the Lucas Mavs, 1 Eastern, followed by the T-Wolves, Grizzlies, Raptors 76ers, and Nuggets Golden State. We gotta get Perk on the sidelines for one of these games. Ooh. We're back in 60 seconds coming up on NBA Today. We make some early picks on who wins the title and finals MVP. More NBA Today in just one minute. Everything brought no edit. Pass smoke, did it. I said I feel invisible.
first day of school feeling. And I don't know our opponent is yet. And, and I'm just ready to get to it. Bring the necessary energy and effort and competitiveness and meet the moment. Everybody understands that world. That's how we know it works. Stretch your instincts, go out there, have fun. That's about it. It's really going to be a physical series, and who wants it the most? It's when I go home, so play with a fierceness. Pressure, huh? So good. Ready to hoop. I'm so excited. The playoffs get underway tomorrow. Let's take a look at the favorites to win finals MVP. Three players who competed in last year's finals lead the way. Devin Booker at plus 550, followed by Giannis at plus 600, and CP3 at plus 700. They're followed by Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Did y'all see Mike Greenberg's pick? He oh said, my goodness, he Mikhail said Mikhail Bridges. Bridges. Yeah, it's I, like, I, I love Mikhail Bridges. And I love Mike Greenberg, oh, but yeah, bless your heart. Oh. Honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playoffs officially tip off on Saturday, so we have to get some predictions in. Zach, I'm going to start with you. Title, finals MVP, who are they going to be? I'm going Bucks over the Suns. I'm really tempted to go Bucks over Warriors. I, I, I got to see a little more Warriors first. So I'm going Bucks, Suns, Giannis repeats his finals MVP. We're going back to back. Who you got, Perk? I'm going with Giannis. Look, he didn't make me a believer. He's a closer. He's the most dominant player in the NBA. <laughs> they're healthy. They have their big three returning and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And guess who they're going to beat in the finals? The Memphis Grizzlies because oh. they're coming out of the way. He is riding the dark side all the way home. Janae, who mm. you got? I actually made a pick, you guys. I'm so proud and of you. And I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. I feel like this is one of the most complete seasons we've seen from a team very similar to what we saw in the Bucks, getting them to their title. Well, now you have the Suns. They position themselves perfectly. I think they'll be rested. And the most important thing here, home court advantage through mm. the entirety, plus all the feelings and emotions that took you over after you lost to Giannis, I think that is exactly what's going to motivate them. And I heard the Valley goes crazy. Oh, it goes, goes crazy. Nuts. This so is the type of to make the Valley go crazy. Oh, wait, and I forgot to give you my actual pick. Devin Booker, finals MVP. I like it. See, that's the thing. I'm not meaning to make fun of Mikhail or None or of Green, us are, no. But what I'm saying is that given that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are on this team and with the all Andre the expectations a. and Thank knowing you. how that people tend to vote, I get it. It's the Andre Iguodala type of pick, the guy that who could make, but the difference is where that change happened in the season. Vince, are you rocking with Green or are you going a different direction? Who'd you pick? I picked the Bucks. And who's the MVP? Giannis. Giannis. There you go. Uh, I mean, <laughs> wham, bam, can ham, thank you, ma'am. They look good. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I got a chance to watch them play against the Bulls, and they are focused. They are locked in. And everybody, I mean, getting Brooke Lopez back, it just sealed the deal for me. Well, Zach, what's the biggest question mark that Giannis answered for you last year? Because three of these four folks, no, everybody. Oh, no, they're not Janae. You're sorry. Girl. Just Janae. Three of these four fine folks, they, they all picked Giannis, including yourself, to win finals MVP again. Number one, the league is out of guys who can stop him from getting to the rim. There used to be four or five guys who, oh, they are kind of a problem for Giannis, or the wall is a problem for Giannis. Right. Nothing's a problem for Giannis anymore. Number two, ever since that clinching game against Phoenix, he can shoot free throws now. And if that's real, forget about it. There's nothing. All you're hoping is the rest of the Bucks miss shots. You know, I'm actually more so, you know, Giannis and, and the Suns are like, well, the Bucks and the Suns, but it's still like Giannis and the Suns. Uh, they're, they're neck and neck. For I me, don't but know. I think this is a lot of wishful thinking just because, you know, when it comes to Phoenix, Chris Paul, I mean, about to turn, I believe, 37 years old, nine-time All-NBA or 10-time All-NBA. This is his shot to get it done. And I think we will see, if he's able to remain healthy, I think we'll see the best version of the Suns 
based on his sheer willpower, and he's made everyone better. So it's going to be fun and interesting. Well, I'm, I mean, look, that's all great picks, and I feel like we all could be right, and some of yeah, it might be true. wrong, but 90% 90, 90 of the time, I'm right. Look, <laughs> Whoa, run the numbers. There. The show has been great. You know, we're supposed to be on here talking, but meantime, in between breaks, you know what's going on? What was going on? Oh, Oh, oh God! Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh this is not the right music. We were debating. We were wobbling. The way we were wobbling. Wobble. Do you wobble to the right or the left? It's that's Get in the there. Have